Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is August 10th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing all right. I, uh, I bet, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be an interesting episode. I'm, uh, I'm hurtling, I'm not driving, but we are hurtling through, through, uh, the very western part of Nebraska towards the central part of Nebraska. Service is quite spotty. You seem to be in your own predicament. I'm outside a sleeping beach house. I'm in my car. The Wi-Fi seems all right. Air conditioning's blasting. It could, you know, we could quickly dive into Caves Valley territory here. So we should keep it moving. Of course, fortunately, very little happened in the golf world today. You know, should we have yeah. technical <laughs> difficulties? There's not a lot happening. Golf's kind of on the back burner at the moment. Uh, we should say this episode is brought to you by the USGA member. Uh, sh- membership organization. I don't know what you want to call it. You should join as a member. Look, the USGA yeah. is committed to showcasing the game's best by providing them with the chance to compete on golf's grandest stages, like at this week's U.S. Women's Amateur. I don't know if we'll get to that, but I really wanted to talk about the U.S. Women's Am and the schedule for, for the week portion. Uh, but the USGA, you know, a lot that's of people just... Conf- of, that's the event of the week. Chambers Bay. Yes, yeah, back. Chambers Bay's back in competitive golf. Hey, what, what how about this? Pounce back on the scene. Seven uh, seven year comeuppance. Chambers Bay is back, and Gary Player is releasing statements about his disavowed son selling his trophies. So, who got the upper hand now, Gary? After he was lambasting Chambers Bay <laughs> as he's disgraced, and now he's got to you know figure out which son is you know dragging him into the mud this week but here's chambers bay back in the spotlight anyways usga uh you know is committed it's more than the u.s open you know you get your bag tag a rule book all that stuff you get the golfers journal golf journal i should say uh with it and the uh golfers journal the golf yeah, journal, the golfers journal. The o- you gotta subscribe you gotta pay for that one but uh i think you get the golf the OG, journal the og golf journal uh, but yeah, go to usga.org slash SGS uh, to become a member today. It's money, you know, it's not an arm and a leg, and it's money that goes to, uh, you know, I don't know, expanding the game, it's, you know, enriching the game, but maybe not growing the game. I just don't want to say growing the game. All right. I think, yeah, I think they are uh, they're boosting the game. We maybe. had to get, we had to do that quickly before you lose service. Let's get to it. There was a courtroom TRO hearing today that went two hours. I watched it on the beach, kind of, you know, in and out between my kids bugging me for snacks and all this other bullshit that you have to deal with on the beach. But uh, it was uh, Fireworks Central. Let me what just say. Think? Yeah, tell me your thoughts. I didn't watch. I've, I've, been, I've been reading. I've, I've talked. I've sought legal counsel to get, you know, a legal counsel that did watch get some a breakdown of the situation but i'm curious your thoughts an amusing part of this 
was this incredibly accomplished, well-credentialed attorney for Gibson Dunn, representing the plaintiffs, just getting, you know, look, Jay Monahan as he caught the crosshairs of golf Twitter, and they sunk his teeth into this, you know, whatever he may be, Harvard, Yale, Chicago, JD, and golf Twitter just tore this guy to shreds. And you know what? He was kind of, you know, the credentials seemed like they were from Chucklefuck University. I don't, he's, I'm sure he's really smart, really good, but he kind of bumbled and stumbled his way through 50 minutes of argument, I think it was. They had a 100-page complaint, and he went on and on for 45 minutes of when he talked about the Arnold Palmer Invitational being from Ohio. Um, you know, he said, you know, you know, characterized Taylor Gooch, Matt Jones, and Hudson Effing Swafford as these three poor kids. Like, this guy just stepped on a rake and hit himself in the face over and over again. Uh, the three poor kids was one that was pretty bad. He lambasted the John Deere of substance. I think he might have stepped in it uh, by suggesting that their contract, you know, the upfront money can be recouped via winnings. You know, a thing that's been denied. So that seemed really substantive. <clears throat> you know, Liv tried to clarify it on a statement which is always great. You want to have your PR people come out and clarify what your attorney said after the fact. It's usually supposed to go the other way. Uh, but that was a real substantive slip up or, I don't know, having to tell the truth now that you're in your court of law. What did you make of it? Uh, by the way, the PGA well, Tour won. So so the uh, the attorney that I talked to said made a comment about how the lawyer looked like a real stooge. And then he, said, he goes, towards the end, I just said, I loved I've I loved watching towards the end of the of the hearing a guy you know the, the sitting there this high priced attorney sitting there knowing he's going to get canned and doing a shitty job for three million dollars. Right, right. I mean, let's be honest. The billable hours they have these guys, these partner at these firms are billing out minimum thousand dollars an hour. I don't want to say like it could be twenty five hundred dollars an hour. I don't know, you know. Some high-powered white shoe lawyers say, may say that's off, but it, it's somewhere in there. And, you know, the guy is, like, getting ripped like he's Jay Monahan on CNBC on golf Twitter. And not that that matters, but, I mean, he, he was clearly stepping in it over and over again. The three poor kids, like, let's be honest. And this is part of what I, you know, law school, there was always some nerd somewhere just trying to argue, like, against common sense. And, like, I know he's an av has to advocate for his clients, but calling them three poor kids, like you have your head so far up, like case law ass, and you know working like trying to be a, a contrarian that you lose sight of common sense. And that argument, these three poor kids, just isn't going to hold water. So I I think like I think the thing I read the brief the the brief and the and the response that the tour yeah. filed yesterday um, this morning on my flight. And one of the things that stuck out to me immediately was like, okay, this is a win for the tour, a huge win. This is a, this is a big win. Like, let's, I, I want to point out, this is a great thing that the tour did not lose this and that they weren't like, it wasn't a clown show that through their playoffs with Gooch potentially getting yeah. to the tour championship. This is a huge, huge win for the tour. However, the basis for which this 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 they that they won this 
really centers around how successful Liv has been. And in the first oh. page, the very first paragraph of their response to the Liv saying they're a trust, so they have to put their stuff on paper. But they have to defend themselves on paper. You know, what they've said and messaged through PR, through Jay Monahan's letters to players has been this strong front. On the, the very first statement in their response to live centers around how, you know, listen, like we can't be considered a trust. Look at all the big players that they've taken from us. And if you look at fields, field-wise, you know, Liv has better fields than our regular tour events. Was legitimately oh, the tone of their intro paragraph of their defense of why they're not a trust. So, like, let's, oh, yeah. let's be clear. This is a huge win in the near term for, for the tour. However, the reason that they won really centers around how successful Liv has been at poaching talent from them. Right. It's kind of interesting. They're like, let's be honest. The, the live guy was a clown, you know, they, like a clown over and over ago. It's, a, you know, just talking about putting Greg Norman and Jack Nicholas in the same category as the FEC FedEx Cup champs calling the FedEx Cup the Super Bowl. That guy was a clown. He was an idiot. But the, the tour's pants are down on this. Like the way they're succeeding is suggesting you signed away half the pip and the judge was like, yeah. wow. So they've done damage here. They're like, you guys are getting, you know, pillaged. The other one was, I think the tour argued that these guys have made more in the last two months than they've made in their entire careers or could make on the tour. So the tour is like having to pull their, like they're, they're been de-pantsed in a way. And it's like kind of a successful legal strategy while also, you know, pulling the wool down on, on all the other BS PR and marketing that they, they ultimate this ultimate well, that, you know? And, and I think like the thing is, this is absolutely the right strategy from a legal sense. Like the, the lawyers are doing a phenomenal, that was a well put together yeah. response. And it's the right response is that how could we possibly be a monopoly when they're taking all of our players? But like the, the issues are, that like that's not a good response for your players, and that seems to be now with the other news of of Cameron Percy going on and out, and Cam Smith and Mark Leishman, you know that going on there and, and Number- outing them, you know, it, it is like it seems like more and more players are going, and then also you know potentially, you know, I heard that they might have said something about forty eight contracts being signed. They positive. said they have 48 signed. They have 48 players signed. For next year. Oh, yes. So, you know, it makes you start to wonder if that's what they said. Like, who else is going? Right, right. The, 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 the tour has to admit some probably pretty uncomfortable things in order to win. Um, I think there was, so the, the, the ruling was, I, I was under the impression from people I talked to that the tour might succeed because these guys, you know, the timing of it, right? You had time to file this and you waited till the last second and there, you created your own manufactured emergency, I think was what the tour called it. But that was not, the judge said the filing of the TRO was timely. But she was satisfied with the Liv's lawyer's argument that FEC playoffs are a big deal. This is Brentley, how Brentley Romine characterized it. But she noted Liv contracts compensated players for what they would be giving up with the tour. 
and the players are without a doubt earning more now than with Liv. And like we were getting, like I think, you know, it's an it's a short term win. It's the small, it's the you know, it's the kind of appetizer for the big one coming later. There was some preface, and I don't know that this judge it was Beth L. Freeman. She became an instant Twitter star. There was some, you know, signaling here, like. She said there's significant evidence that Liv has not been prevented from entering the market. They, they're claiming 20%. She said 20% is a long way from zero. 20% of market share is a long way from zero. She was shocked that uh, they had half the pip. She was saying that these contracts are doing way more, are way more restrictive than anything the tour ever had them under. And so, like... Those are going to be more of the substantive issues in the larger case. And I don't, she may not be the judge. I don't think she is, but you know, she didn't seem sympathetic to whatever the antitrust argument could be coming. So in my discussion with this, uh, this wonderful attorney, you know, um, he suggested that, you know, he doesn't think that this case is a winner at all. Um, He thinks that the winner the potential winner and the one that could really disrupt golf further is the case that could be made around yeah. the, what he described as, as horizontal. I, you know, I'm butchering this. I did not take notes. I've been driving in a car. I'm not driving now, but now I'm sitting here, but the effective collusion between other com- otherwise competing organizations with the OWGR, the way that they collude together, how they, how all of the power players in golf have a seat at that table and how they have been working together against live is actually the place where it could fall apart and we could see significant change. Like he's, he was pointing out, you know, if I was live, I would be actually looking at that as our best play because if I put a, a lawsuit at, on, you know, the Masters Augusta Nationals table about, hey, you know, you've been, you know, behaving in antitrust behavior, you know, um, they're going to be like, why why do we need the OWGR to select this? Like, we, this is, the stakes have gotten too high for the OWGR. What are we doing here? You know, so the idea would be that the Augusta National, the PGA, the European Tour, the USGA, everybody that has a seat at that OWGR board would be would be sued because they are preventing, you know, these players from gaining entry into those big tournaments. That does seem like the big fight. I'll just say this also was a subject of the, the conversation I had with The Economist on Friday. He talked about the horizontal arrangement like the NCAA That's had. It. The horizontal arrangement. A, a vertical arrangement. I'm not the expert here. I think I'm... I'm you know, paraphrasing and trying to remember vertical arrangement would be like the tour is the sole supplier, right? And the monopoly and they're the supplier. They give it down to everybody else. Horizontal arrangement, he said, is like the NCAA where all the schools sort of and the conferences sort of collude or or agree that, you know, you're not paying players or things like that. Right. And and obviously we saw how that went, but that does seem like a bigger fight coming in terms of an antitrust battle yeah uh, an owgr battle so uh and then you're getting like all sorts of parties and all sorts of attorneys entangled with that one um anything else from this that amused you like the three poor kids can you think of 
three worst poor kids that you'd be characterized and Taylor Gooch, Matt Jones, and Hudson Swafford. Like, who would be worse to characterize like that? Phil Mickelson, you know, uh, I, Dustin Johnson, these three poor kids. This well, guy was Phil's, such a clown. Phil's, Phil's too old to call a kid, right? So you got to take right. him out. Matt I Jones is 42. Well, he looks young. He looks young. <laughs> All right. He's a young 42. Okay. All right. Also revealed in this is that contracts are going to make them wear live apparel. Like this came out in addition to the recouping stuff that you're going to be required well, to wear live apparel. And that was an argument like you're going to be at PGA Tour events in live apparel. That's not how that should go. So the uh, I think the one thing about the um, the recouping, it was some players, right? Not all players or was well, it all players? I mean... I, the attorney didn't seem to know what he was talking about. Liv's trying to clarify it. Yes, I would think it's some players. It's not like the big kahunas. It's, you know, the field fillers like Kevin Na. Or, or, we don't know. Maybe it's not true. Maybe the attorney misspoke, but it didn't see. It seemed oh, to be the one bombshell. Do you think that attorney's shown up again? I mean, he's on the main brief, the complaint. He's the antitrust honcho from Gibson Dunn, I think. Um also, they left their mics on during the 15-minute recess uh, when she went to go make her decision. And they're talking about the, that, this issue, the recoup, the recoupment of the upfront money. The Brandel Chambly was apparently cited. There's several people chronically, and I think Sean Zach picked that one up. Chambly made it into the off-the-record hot, off hot mic conversation. Um, just, a, just an amusing couple hours. Uh, anything else you have? Uh, that, I, I that, got I, I got nothing else. I think obviously you know there's way more to come, but I you know I'm I, I think this is a really good thing for the PGA Tour not to have these guys parading around. Um, how about you know, I, how about, about Monahan's response? Well, it was quick. We won Saudi Arabian back to live tour was how he first line. Time time for the fans, the players, oh, yeah. everybody <laughs> to focus in. On what really matters, the FedEx Cup. <laughs> well, according to his opposition's counsel, that's the Super Bowl. The NBA Finals of the Super Bowl. Which, you know, oh. like this guy, is, uh, uh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about immediately when he says that. Uh, one thing I will add, I think Tron Carter tweeted this, that Taylor Gooch and Hudson Swafford were like in a car a mile down the road from TPC Southwind. These two unsympathetic dorks like get the hell out of here just in a car down the street like i have like i have this is irrespective of what you think of live or the pga tour like you're a freaking dork like get out of town hudson swafford like who the hell are you you keep like applying to be in the field and they have to take your name out and then they apply again like who like you just make it all this money on live like get out of here waiting in a car a mile down the road like they are so unsympathetic. They, they just completely like are, are debasing themselves even more. I found that take, objectionable. T- the guys that took the high road resigned, you know, and have just kind of like stayed out of the lawsuit. A little bit more respect to those guys than than you know the people in this lawsuit. I think I did see uh, Carlos Ortiz took his name out of the lawsuit, so I think they're down to ten. 
plaintiffs. Oh. That so, you know, they may add more. They do may. You think that, do you, you think know. that means there's a little trouble in the locker room on uh, Team Fireballs? Do you think that's something to watch moving forward, <laughs> you know? Should we be worried yeah, about the be. Fireballs yeah. and their, their, their future and their chances in Chicago when they tee it up next? <laughs> Outside of Chicago. Uh, the judge did- the judge didn't seem receptive to the tour's argument that their suspensions, their regulations provide for suspensions without the possibility of appeal. And the yeah. judge goes, I'm trying to interpret in plain language of your regulations and not how you would like them to work. You know, so like it wasn't all just the, the plaintiff's attorney being a, being a clown. So, yeah, uh, that was, a, that was a, I, I heard that that was a big sticking point was the that she was kind of hand. Ha- hampering on was about the how they didn't actually follow their own you know uh suspension guidelines yep live contracts are based upon players calculations of what they were leaving behind they knew what they were leaving behind and now they can't come back so they've made their money now they can't come back so the tro fails and i do i do agree with you it was it's nice to oh she did the judge did make a shot about like are these guys really going to win at East Lake? Like, do they need to be in the playoffs? There was something like that. Like, anybody can miss a three-foot putt to lose. So, uh, she became sort of well, the, the superstar. It all depends on, it all depends on how, did, I wish they would have told her that East Lake was a net event. You know, I wish they would have gotten into that and, and seen what her thoughts were on that. Um. Should the tour, moving on, news. Should the tour tell Cameron Smith to get the hell out? They probably can't. But uh, this this was not just a Cameron Percy report. This was also the Telegraph, who James Corrigan has been ace reporter on this. And I don't think he's been wrong once, but he's had a lot of this stuff. Now backing it up, saying he's leaving for $100 million and actually will play in Boston, which means he's not playing in the President's Cup. Um, wow. uh, that's the report in the Telegraph. Cam Smith then actually had a press conference, and he you know, chicken shit it out. And I'm not here to talk about, you know, what's happening. And, you know, did I guess what you're supposed to do when you're in that predicament. But uh, that would be a big blow. Number two player in the world uh, right yeah. now. And the reigning champion golfer of the year. I mean, and, and the thing, the problem of with it all is like, okay, well, like Cam Smith could get to number one in the world, right? And then say they don't get OWGR points. Let's, let's just say that suit doesn't happen. OWGR is still like the dominant thing, right? Like, there's almost more value to live to have Cam Smith not be playing and keeping the high ranking, you know, because yeah. when they like, especially yeah. with these new OWGR um, rate, did right. you see the strength of field for the, or the, the points for the European tour? Eight. I, mean, I had a source on the ground there saying <laughs> it's one of the worst fields he's ever been a part of, but yes, the OWGR has taken effect and it's eight versus, I want to say 68 for Memphis. I mean, it's absolutely nuts. So it's like, you know, the problem, one of the big problems facing Liv is this OWGR thing. And, you know, by the time Cameron Smith, by the time they get OWGR points, if Cameron Smith's like 25 in the world, you know, like, what do you do? Like his value, you know, they really, I I think they thought that this would really start to alleviate this, right? And I think I, yeah. I, I'd be curious what the players think about this. Obviously, it doesn't impact Cameron Smith getting into big events because he's got a five-year exemption as of now. Um, but, I mean, this is a huge blow to the tour. I mean, you're talking about literally the guy that – one of the two guys that really popped this year. 
that became household names. He and he's gone, and he's also a big international player. He's the biggest Australian player, one of the bigger golf countries in the world, a built-in fan base. I mean, it, it, the obviously Leishman is going with him, you know, and and that is you know with those two like. I'd imagine that they're going to get an Australian TV contract. I imagine, you know, there are a lot of dominoes with this, but it also like signifies like, Hey, we don't have the best South African players. We don't have the best Australian players. We don't have, you know, if say the Hideki rumor is true, we don't have the best American. Yeah. We don't have the best South American players. We don't, you know, like it's starting to add up into the point where, Hey, you know what? Like, the PGA Tour is the American Tour. Like, you know, another one's the English players, right? They have, like, a, a pretty strong group of English players that are, you know, uh, assembled. They have, obviously, the most famous Scandinavian player. You know, not the best. I will, you know, obviously. Yeah. But, um, but they're starting to assemble, you know, a lot of worldwide global talent. And I think that is that is a... When you're a when you're the dominant, you know that is literally where every professional sports organization looks for growth is internationally. You know, like you know the NBA, it's all mm-hmm. about growing sure. internationally. Everybody is looking for international growth, and Live is kind of chopping them at the knees there. So that's an interesting thing. The other Sabo. huge Sabo's thing, next. obviously. Well, they Go already ahead. got the Slovakian TV contract. That's true. That's true. All right. What's the other big thing you're going to uh, the, the other big thing is this is the reigning players champion. Yeah, not good. The tour's flagship event. What, what are they going to do with the players? Like, what are they going to do with the commercials? I saw somebody, I, I think it was Kamal on Twitter, hit me with, like, this is Gold Boy's moment. I would love if they went if they went from the camp they get rid get rid of the Camp Smith commercial this week. Gold go boy. to Gold Boy commercial. It's just gonna be all there. the edge of edge of seventeen, Stevie Nicks is that they're just gonna fill it all with that. No more Camp Smith. Um I like you noted though, these guys are about to sink like a stone. The the OWGR is not like look, this this hearing the TR, the not the TRO, but the antitrust is like set for August 2023, like a year from now. Yeah. And that's not to suggest they won't have other, you know, avenues of, of trying to, you know, get into the OWGR or sue the OWGR or figure it out. But it's it's those aren't going to be quick either, even if they're filed intervening months. It's just these guys are going to fall. They're not getting OWGR points anytime soon. You know, really, maybe that's I, not an issue for some. I'd really love to see a live contract right right about now um, because I'd love to see what type of control live has over Asian tour starts and how they can kind of push the buttons and say, hey, Kim, welcome to the tour. Uh, we need you to play every Asian tour event for the first year. And we need... You know, every single player that we have inside the top 50 in the world in those Asian Tour events, ASAP. Is there anything you would do to get creative with Cam Smith if you're the PGA Tour and this guy is just in your playoffs and you know he's leaving? Like, you can't toss him out. Would you? I mean, what can you do? You put him out first in the morning? You, you don't give him any TIO relief? Like, it's kind of I a mean, horrible situation. I mean, is Peter Malnati in the playoffs? Maybe you pair him <laughs> with him. 
<laughs> Pair him with yeah. Billy Boy, hostile Billy Boy. Billy Boy. Oh, just yeah, getting in his face. Yeah, that's it. Billy Boy and you know, I, I don't know. He, I mean the the contract signed, sealed, and delivered, allegedly, you know, and at that point you are you so you're past you're past changing his mind, right? Right. Probably, We're assuming there's nothing. I don't think there's anything they can do. I mean, worst case scenario. I don't think 100 million was a lot. If he goes, I feel like he did not get enough. Right? Number two player in the world. I know he's not the big name yet of DJ or Fryson, but. I mean, I what know. if he That's wins this low. FedEx Cup and he, he wins, uh, what, right. 15 million? What is it, 20 million now? Yeah, I don't know. You broke up. It's something. It's like seventeen million. Yeah, something crazy. So, I, it's, um, it's a wild. All right, other news. I, I mean, the thing is, though, none of the sponsors are pulling out. These guys are retaining their sponsor revenue too. You know, one of that that was one of the scare, the big scare tactics with Phil. And obviously, you know, a lot of sponsors are staying with their guys. And I don't think anybody's gonna like. I don't think any of those sponsors that Camp Smith has are gonna drop them. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on. Other news. Uh, Ricky splits with Joe Scavron. I think effectively, effective immediately. Not totally unsurprising uh, based on Ricky, where Ricky is these days. But, you know, notable news. Scavron's a sort of well-known celebrity hey. cat. Not, you know, he's, he has cachet. So. Yeah. No I mean, he's, a, he's a guy that he he can help you out. He can help you in commercials. He can do all kinds of stuff. He's uh, a yeah, delay. I mean, big time caddy. Um, all right, let's go to what schedule I, for the seconds? week. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you're all right. We started this into the sunlight, and now you're just a silhouette as the sun goes down in Nebraska. I can't see your face. There's just some little little peaks of the horizon through the window, but otherwise, it's just a dark yeah. black <laughs> screen. <laughs> Oh, this is ridiculous. All right, schedule for the week. We have the U.S. Women's AM, your event of the week from Chambers Bay. I think you can stream that on USGA, round of 64, starting on Wednesday night. Oh, no. Uh, before you – what? What's the matter? Somebody called you me, okay? and then the, reco- the recording started back over. Uh-oh. I hope this – I, I hope all it, it works out. All, all that matters is my end. I hope, right? Are we okay? No, um, no. I think there's a, there's important stuff coming transmitting from my end with this software. Uh oh. Um, all right. So we have we'll the see what happens. W- women's amateur round of sixty four starts Wednesday night. We have the ISPS Handa World International. That's this DP World Tour joint LPGA mixed event. Here is a terrible field for the men. Obviously, the strength of the field reflects that with eight. There's some ridiculous antics with the one course in Northern Ireland. There's like power lines and power poles on like the back of a few greens. We'll share pictures of that. On the Corn Ferry Tour, we have the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Uh, that is the Corn Ferry Tour regular season finale. Has a, a TV back in the works. We have a, a boosted purse. I want to say that's in Omaha, kind of where you're around. Uh, so that's good. The KFT back on TV. Uh, and then in the PGA Tour, we have the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Uh, hey, who are you taking conf- for one and done? Um, I have so many good players. I'm going to well, take... My, my league resets. Does our league reset? Take, the other league reset? 
No, no, I'm taking six. All right, I'll tweet. I'll tweet my pick for that because I'm not prepared to make that pick because I don't. I don't have any of my well, players that's ridiculous. up. Ridiculous. But I think if I switch, I don't know who I've taken and who I've not taken. Okay. Okay. I gotta look. I'll I take gotta, Fitzpatrick. I, my my league resets that I I care about that I'm that I'm leading. I I'm held on to the Actually, lead been, regular season. I'm switching to Cameron Young. Birdie fast, he'll do well. I'm gonna switch Cameron Young. And then on the Champions Tour, we have the Boeing Classic. I'm taking, but I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm taking if as far as resets, then I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Hovland. Okay, I don't think it resets. He says it's his favorite course. What about that? What do you make of that? This guy from Norway. I mean, Whatever, you know, I'm not going to get on him for that. TPC in a tech, the WGC Swamp Bass, no a longer. Lot of player, I think a lot of players love this course. Well, of course they do. Honest. Of course they do. They just get, you know, it's hey, right up their alley. One, Go ahead. One important note about this course this week is that this is um, just, if you want a history back on this championship, you have to research the Barclays. Right. And so it's not it's not the WGC uh, years. It's not the the long time years as the FedEx St. Jude Classic. You don't don't look up those. If you want to know what happened at Southwind, go look up the Barclays. That's that's what happened. So the tour will will, you know, put trot out its list of past champions and those will be for the most part, champions from the New York area, and then some Boston years in there. Yeah, from Liberty National to TPC and Attack, just a historic, venerable history with this, uh, yeah, this championship. Uh, and then uh, you have the Boeing Classic. You know, I know that's everybody's favorite Champions Tour event out there in the Pacific Northwest. I think this is where Stephen Alker got his big break about a year ago. He's made, you know. $20 million since then, it feels like. So uh, that's your schedule for the week. I don't think we need to do much more. I am shocked we've gotten to 35 minutes here uh, without your service or my well, you service might not, going We out. might not Although have gotten to 35 minutes. So we might not okay. have anything. We'll see. All right. Thank you all for, uh, we'll have more, you know, fleshed out thoughts on Friday, maybe, or maybe not. But thank you all for your continued support. There might not be a show on Friday. We'll see. the schedule and the Wi-Fi. All right. Talk to you all later. Everyone enjoy your Wednesdays.